Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Beating bullets. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Lincoln, 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 Bobingan, Bonana, Fana, Bobingan, They say this cat Lincoln is a bad mother. We're just talking about Lincoln. Good morning, Cincinnati. Welcome to 1230 WDBZ. We are the buzz of Cincinnati, your talk station, the Lincoln Wear Show, till 1 o'clock this afternoon. There's a lot going on. Oh, man, there's always a lot happening around the tri-state, the nation, and the world. And don't forget the um, Martin Luther King March this coming Monday morning. And make sure you're there. Starts at 1030 down at the Freedom Center. They'll go up Vine Street and then cut over to, uh, I guess, I don't know, Elm Street maybe, and then go up to Washington Park and... Uh, do something at Washington Park for a minute, and then they'll head into Music Hall for the program. That's all Monday, Monday. And I think uh, you hear the best of Monday because it's a official Radio 1 holiday. And for some reason, you know, if we work, it's just like nothing. We don't get an extra day or anything. That's what they told me. I said, that, that can't be right. But that's what they said. And, hey, we're out. But I would have been willing to work if they would give me another day some other time. And they said no. I just think it's a miscommunication. And I never did call up to HR to really find out. Uh, yeah, but anyway, what can you say? Uh, Metro bus, man, hits and killed an 87-year-old woman at the crosswalk there. Man. Uh, at the light right there, Dana and Duck Creek. And I'm trying to picture Dana and Duckcrete, and I think I've got got a picture, but I just can't visualize where she could have been hit. But they say it's a blind side, and if she wasn't paying attention to the bus turning, then I could see how it could have happened. But, man, you know that bus driver's got to be feeling real bad right about now. Gee, they haven't released the name of the person that was uh, hit and killed. Somebody wrote a letter to the Enquirer, says, with Liz Keating out at city at Cincinnati City Council, uh, there will be a clown show. City Hall will be a clown show. And I don't think so. I just don't think you have the personalities on council for a clown show. 
Now, in the past, there have been individuals on council that stirred things up. And yeah, you could probably say that. But this council here, I don't know. I don't think so. I think they're all about business and uh, no clowning around. So I don't, I don't think that's the case. And one voice, I don't think, could have prevented a clown show anyway. So, yeah. Uh, the U.S. military, hey, we're, we're sick of these cats in Yemen attacking these ships uh, going through the, the, the uh, Red Sea there. And so the U.S. says, hey, we're going to show you what we got. We're going to give you a little taste of what's coming if you don't stop. So they launched uh, some strikes on Hothas. I think that's how you pronounce this. This latest. They got so many groups out there. Hothas. Uh, of course, they're supported by Iran. And now they're saying this is going to escalate conflict in the Middle East. And pretty soon, before you know it, it'll be all out war. And a few people on Congress upset because uh, Biden attacked without notifying Congress or anything like that. But I think he has the powers to do just what he did without notifying. When you start notifying Congress, it, it, so many leaks and stuff, it gets out, and then they know you're coming. Yeah. Did you know, speaking of city council, in St. In Paul, St. Paul, Minnesota, they've got an all-female city council. All-female city council. And it's comprised of mostly women of color, and they're all under 40. This is St. Paul, Minnesota. All-female council and mostly women of color, and they're all under 40 years old. I wonder how that's going to work out. Can all those women get along? Will they be able to work together? Well, I guess we'll find out, won't we? <laughs> yes. I guess we'll find out. Remember the woman who suffered a miscarriage at home? And uh, I guess she sort of flushed the uh, baby or what are you? What are you, you won't, it was not a baby, but uh, I guess remnants of the pregnancy. Uh, yeah. And they wanted to charge her. Well, the grand jury says no. No charges will be filed against the woman who suffered a miscarriage and left the non-viable fetus at home. That's what I was trying to say. But uh, there never even should have been any question about charging her. But these Republicans in this state have lost their minds. They have lost their minds. And the grand jury said, hey, no way. Will we charge this woman for having a miscarriage? Uh, and you know, this always happens when the United States supplies other countries with goods and, and weapons. The United States did not properly track more than $1 billion worth of weapons sent to Ukraine. Huh? And see, they, it seemed like they could send a couple of military men with this with these weapons you can spare a few guys to follow and track this stuff 
Yeah. That's crazy. That is crazy. That they would not track over $1 billion worth of weapons. And of course, they always fall, some of the weapons always fall into the enemy's hands. These militia groups and stuff like that. So I don't know. You would think they would pay more attention to that, those things when it happens, when they send weapons to other countries. Uh, when people assumed Harvard's Claudine Gay was lesbian, did it hurt her? That was a story in the griot. And, and I happened to be, no, that was on the route. That was in the route. The route, I'm sorry, I get my websites mixed up. That was the route. And I happened to be one of those people who assumed she was gay. And she's not. And they go into the whole story on how people judge looks and all kind of stuff. But I, I have to admit, I was one of the people, and not just because her last name was gay, but I thought she was gay. I really did. And I, apparently I wasn't the only one. Thank you very much. It was enough people to think she was gay that they did a whole story on it. I started to feel bad when I found out she wasn't gay. I said, oh, am I the only one that thought she, but apparently not. Yeah. And so they're thinking that people assumed she was gay. That even, that hurt her even more in her quest to stay on as president. And I'll admit when I'm wrong. I, I was one of those people. Somebody on Facebook Live said it was her hairstyle. Eh, my, not necessarily hair. I, well, that, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what it was, but when I first saw her, I just assumed she was. And let me spank my hand for thinking that. Uh, Fannie Willis, not only Claudine Gay, you know, of course she had to end up resigning and everything. Fannie Willis is in trouble now. And, you know, <laughs> I like Fannie Willis. She's a prosecutor down in Atlanta who's prosecuting Donald Trump. And she hired a special prosecutor to handle the case. And, you know, this is why sometimes black women, you know, why did she have to hire a guy she was sleeping with as a special prosecutor? And he's made up like $600,000 and they've gone on trips together. And see, all this kind of stuff is just going to muddy the water and it's going to help Trump's case. Why did she have to pick somebody she was sleeping with? This could potentially mess this whole case up. Yeah. They say Willis's new scandal was entirely avoidable and will serve as a teachable moment for prominent black people. Yeah. You can't do that stuff when you're black. <laughs> you you just can't do it. I like Fannie Willis. I thought she was pretty cool. I said, oh, that's a tough lady here. 
let's and, just keep in mind our own situation here in Cincinnati and what we watch Judge Hunter go through. It's not it's not uncommon for people in those positions to put people that they know and are sleeping with and or have some relation to in these positions. Well, I know, but people you know, but in a case like this, this is so such a high-profile case, you know, this is a national case. And she had to know people were going to, you know, they I guess they've been going on trips together and they're saying she, he's using this $600,000 he's been paid to take her on all these lavish trips and everywhere. So, I mean, she's pretty much probably had to see this coming. But I don't know. Why is it that nepotism only only works when it when it's well? Okay, it wouldn't be okay if she hired. It wouldn't be bad her just hiring, but sleeping with the guy too. Come on, just to hire him, okay. But if she knows she's having an affair with this guy, she should have just left that alone. Cause they they gonna run with this. They're gonna run with this. So, you ain't heard the last of Fannie Willis and this case. People say it's all here. Yeah, this, you ask some folks down in Atlanta. I want to say congratulations to my good friend Curtis Fuller. Yeah, he was honored with the uh, Keeping Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s Dream Alive. He got that honor yesterday up in Columbus. I saw him there with the governor his daughter, and man, every time I see his daughter, she has grown up so fast. It seemed like it was just a couple of years ago when she used to sit at the tables at some of these events Curtis was emceeing, sitting at the table, trying to eat her little salad by herself, and you know, and now she's in college and everything. It's unbelievable how faith has grown uh, so fast and already in college. I just can't believe it. But congratulations. Uh, Curtis Fuller, and uh, he deserves each and every honor that he gets. Yeah, he's been around a long time right here in local news, and uh, congrats to Curtis. He's in the Hall of Fame over at Channel 5 with some heavyweights. I'm telling you, heavyweights down at Channel 5. All right, I got to get get him on the show, too, real soon. I got to give him a call. Uh Oh, yeah. Speaking of the, I was talking about Fannie Willis. Well, uh, this story says uh, Trump prosecutor Nathan Wade, that's the guy that Fannie Willis hired, and apparently she's, they're a couple. Uh, they says he walks out of the courtroom uh, armed with a handgun. And uh, they zeroed in on his, hand and it looks like a gun he's got in his hand as he walks from the courtroom you, you could you're allowed to carry a gun uh open carry in georgia but uh they zoomed in on it and it looks it's got i don't know what else it could be other than a handgun so why is he carrying a handgun in his hand as he leaves the courtroom see i this was the one case and see, I don't know if it's a hand. It is not. It looks like a handgun, but it looks like a recorder. Some type of recorder. 
that he has. It is it, the more I look at it, the more it looks that it's not a handgun. But um, they're trying to say uh, that it is. But uh, they're accused of having an improper and uh, improper relationship in a stunning motion filed this past Monday. One of Trump's 18 co-defendants and Willis's racketeer influence and corrupt organizations in the RICO probe. Um, the uh, court filing, and they've already filed a, a court. Trump's people have already filed a briefing uh, alleging that um, that Wade paid for lavish vacations with Willis to Florida, Napa Valley, and the Caribbean using legal fees that he's been paid for by the Fulton County DA's office. They didn't have any proof of any of this, but just the allegations alone is going to be enough to really screw this case up. So we'll see. Anybody down in Atlanta feel like you want to chime in? Give me a call at 513-749-1230. What are they saying down in the ATL about this? All right, we're going to take a break, and then we'll come back. 513-749-1230, the Lincoln Ware Show. 1230, the buzz. What a night to remember. 1230 WDBZ, the buzz of Cincinnati, your talk station. Lincoln, we with you till 1 o'clock this afternoon. And at 1 o'clock, of course, it's Reverend Al Shopton, keeping it real, keeping it real. Hey, don't forget, uh, tomorrow morning, 9 o'clock, it's the wrap-up. The wrap-up. You, do you have a full show tomorrow? Uh, I don't know. Oh, it's uh, 9 to 10.30. Okay. There's a game. Yep. So an hour and a half of the wrap-up. Yep. She'll be wrapping it up pretty quick. <laughs> and I will yeah. have a guest tomorrow. You won't or will? Will. Who? Her name is Amari Samaya. She is a young entrepreneur in the city, and I want to talk to her about her Selfie Cincy Museum. All righty. Oh, yeah, I know her. Um, very, very talented, very poised, very smart young lady. Yeah, and a beautiful young lady. She's very pretty. <laughs> yeah. That was like the first thing I said to her when we met. You're so pretty. <laughs> yeah, she was down at the uh, Black Coffee uh, when I did the live broadcast down there. Yeah. Yeah, she's got it going on. All right, uh, 749-1230-513 is the area code. Lincoln, we're with you till 1 o'clock this afternoon. And... Don't forget Shirley Chisholm's. Oh, that movie comes out in March. And I, I yesterday I didn't have the exact date, but it is coming out in March on Netflix. Uh, Shirley with uh, Regina King. And um, can't wait to see that. Comes out in March on Netflix. And people, I'm, I'm hearing people are complaining more and more about the Peacock Channel carrying the... Uh, Kansas, the Kansas City Dolphins game. It'll only be on Peacock. And everybody's upset. Unless you live in Kansas City or Miami. Of course, it'll be on over-the-air TV in those cities. But anywhere else around the country, you got to go to Peacock. And people are raising hell. But they're saying this is, this is the new trend. Everything's going to be on streaming. 
This is what we got to get used to. So here we go. All right. 513-749-1230. Let's go to, uh, let's go to the Pharaoh. Pharaoh, how you doing today? Oh, no, let's go to Lisa Baker. Sorry about that. I just saw Lisa Baker's on. Let's go to Lisa. How you doing? Happy Friday. Present and accounted for. Yes, yes, yes. Good morning. Crime Stoppers meeting this morning. They voted to pay six tipsters. It's a low month. It's January. We off to a slow start, but we're paying out two thousand three hundred dollars oh, to six man. tipsters this month. That is slow. That is low. Well, you know, I guess they they made up. You know, in December we paid out almost nine thousand dollars. So January okay. they still, you know, yeah, they're okay. All but right. it, but okay. at any rate, five people went to jail. How about that? So that's, that's better good. than a zero. That's good. We're looking for two people today. The first one, Raekwon Goodman. Raekwon Goodman, he's wanted for domestic violence and strangulation. Raekwon Goodman, a black male, 23 years old, 5'11", 159 pounds. He has a history of armed robbery, domestic violence, and assault. Last known to live on Fairbanks Avenue in Price Hill. That's Raekwon Goodman. We're also continuing to look for Peter Johnson. He's wanted for a breaking and entering. Peter Johnson is a white male. He's 32 years old, 5'11", 160 pounds. He has a history of felonious assault and drug charges, last known to live on Redding Road in Redding, Ohio. So if any of your listeners know where detectives can find Peter Johnson or Raekwon Goodman, give Crime Stoppers a call, 513-352-3040. All right, 513-352-3040, night or day, cash money for your clues. And I know you'll probably be in this weekend. It's going to get kind of cold out there. It is, but Lincoln, I'm going to give you a chance to shout out all of my wonderful sororers, Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, Founders Day weekend, founded January 13, 1913. Lincoln, please wish us a happy Founders Day. Your happy callers, Founders your, Day. Your listeners will be listening for that. <laughs> well, I'm wishing them a happy Founders Day right now. All the yes, Deltas. All the Deltas. Thank you, and I'll see my sorors this weekend. All right. We'll talk to you. Bye. All right. Uh, 749-1230-513 is the area code. Lincoln, we're with you. Let's go to the Pharaoh. Pharaoh, how you doing? Yes, I'm all right, Lincoln. You know, I wanted to speak about Martin Luther King uh, for a second. Lincoln, you remember that movie, Ruth, right? Yeah. You remember the part in the movie when Chicken George was fighting his rooster, you yeah. know, in the cockfight? Uh-huh. And remember uh, the master, who was, you know, Chuck Connors, that, you know, uh, playing the role. Chuck Connors, he told him that he would free him if his cock won the his cockfight. Yeah, yeah. Remember that? Mm-hmm. But instead, remember... Chicken George's cock, his rooster got killed. Yeah. Remember? Yep. I remember when his rooster got killed, Chicken George said, well, at least you free. Yeah, yeah. Remember that? I remember that. Now, equate that to uh, Dr. Martin Luther King. What's on his gravestone? Um. Uh. Is it free at last? Free right. at last? That's right. Free okay. at last, free at last. Thank God, Thank Almighty. God Almighty. I'm free at I'm last. Free at last. 
my point to mentioning that about Chicken George is because what's written on Dr. King's headstone is a slave's freedom. Those words. Mm-hmm. Those are a slave's freedom. Okay. You know, as many speeches as he gave, Dr. King, and as many quotes that he said that you could put on a headstone, you pick a slave's freedom. In order to be free, I have to be dead. Well, I mean, you can't equate that to everything. That was just something. I'm saying, no, they could have put on his headstone many different things that he said that would be more appropriate. You put a slave's concept on his headstone. You know, that's why I brought up about Chicken George and what he said. We're at least you free. Yeah. That's why I said that, because only way to be free is to be dead, according to, you know, a slave. You know, mm-hmm. I'm free once I'm dead. But I'm going to catch hell and high water if wow, I'm alive. Right. But yeah. I'm free when I'm dead. See, whites like that kind of talk. And then for you to use that for all time on your headstone, like I said, that's a slave's freedom. You know, we at last. You weren't free. You couldn't be free and be alive. Well, at that time, I guess, you know, we didn't have all the freedoms. In 1968. Even then, we were marching and protesting. Even in 68, Pharaoh. You know, I mean, freedom is a mental thing. Okay? It's a mental thing. Not necessarily it could be a a physical. It can be physical. But it's also a mental thing, too. Well, Pharaoh, I hear what you're saying, but... And for him to say that, like I said, was a slave's freedom. So now right. he's free. That he's dead. Now that he's dead. Now that he's dead. All right, Pharaoh. All right. All right, man. Thanks for your call. All right. And Pharaoh, I tell you, Pharaoh, does Pharaoh sit at home and think of this stuff, you know, and come up with this stuff? I don't know. But, I mean, he makes a good point. He makes a point. I don't know how good it is, but he makes a point. Let's take a break, and then we'll come back. The Lincoln Ware Show, 1230. The Buzz. 1230 WDBZ. Lincoln Ware with you till 1 o'clock this afternoon, and... Somebody was asking about Lloyd Austin, and who was that? Um, yeah, they're supposed to be doing some kind of investigation into the policy, the protocol, and all this stuff on what happens when a, somebody, you know, a, a State Department or Defense Department, when the top person is sick. How do they hand over duties and things like that? They're going to re- take another look at the policy. If he broke any uh, any laws or anything like that by not telling people he had prostate cancer and was in, in the hospital. And I got a urologist calling up later on today, too, to talk about that. We'll find out about what ha- what could have happened with a routine uh Routine operation and things went south. We'll talk about that. 
Uh, yes, they found out that the head that they found matches the other body parts that they found over on the west side of town. And I'm kind of glad it's the same body because if it were different body parts, then that's a dumping ground for somebody. Yeah. So I'm glad that it's the same body. I'm sad that it's even anybody's body. But geez, I don't want that to be a dumping ground for dead bodies. But they're still trying to find out who she is. And they haven't had any DNA matches. But there's millions of people who have not uh, joined into these uh, companies sending their DNA in to find out their relatives and things. Every, I'll tell you, every about every two or three months, a relative of mine pops up from somewhere that we're like second, third, fourth cousins or something like that. Every now and then it pops up. You're related to so-and-so-and-so. And a lot of people don't want to have anything to do with submitting their DNA to like, what is it, uh, 23 and something or whatever. Dr. Odell Owens, he was very, his, I think he said his daughter wanted him to do that and he threw it in the garbage can. He didn't want to have anything to do with it. That's what Dr. Odell Owens said. He said it on this, on this radio show. And he threw it in the garbage. He didn't want to have anything to do with submitting his DNA to any of these companies. But uh, I don't know. I guess it's up to the individual what you want to do. All right, let's get back to the phones. Uh, let's go to Mustafa. Mustafa. How you doing, Mustafa? Good morning. How you doing? Okay, what's up? Hey, look. I was... Uh conducting my class yesterday and I got a lot of feedback from 40 of my students. And I told them I listened to you and uh, they wanted to get your opinion on what did you think about the current Joe Biden immigration situation with thousands and thousands of migrants coming into the country illegally primarily in Chicago, New York, and L.A. And what are your thoughts on that? Well, they're not coming into Chicago, New York, and stuff from the border. They're being transported there by uh, the governor of uh, Texas and, and whoever else. I don't like that one bit. I just don't think he has a right to put them on a bus or an airplane and ship them to another city. But I do have issues with the way Joe Biden is uh, 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 operating the border. Now, I don't know how true all this stuff is, how thousands of people are crossing illegally every day. Is that true? If that's true, they definitely need to tighten up the border. You just can't have your borders open that everybody can just come through unchecked and, and not go through the process. So I think that's one of Biden's big failures is that border, and it's been dogging him ever since his first day of office. He tried to put Kamala Harris in charge of it, which it, 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 that never worked. So I don't know. That's one of his big problems, and he's going to have a lot of issues with that uh, during the campaign. Well, 
here's the thing. I was in Chicago recently, and Chicago has gotten in excess of about 40,000 illegals, people that entered the country illegally. The, the uh, governor of Texas has shipped them there because Chicago has a big beacon on the Willis Tower saying, we're a sanctuary city, we'll take them. Yeah. However, they're over capacity, over capacity. And the residents that I know in the communities I grew up in are saying, hey, we don't want them. Get rid of them. They have complained to the mayor and everybody they can, and the city council there had voted not, voted not to allow the uh, residents to vote against sanctuary cities. These well, are, this is a, now bear in mind, this is a blue city. They need blue the state. government. Look, if you become a sanctuary city. I mean, I don't know if they can put restrictions on. I, I don't know. The, first of all, the government, the federal government needs to help some of these cities out that are getting these large number of immigrants in. They need to help these cities out. Uh, that That's a failure of the Biden administration. They got to send some money to these cities that are, that are getting these thousands of people in by bus and plane or however they're getting there. But... If if you weren't prepared to take care of them, you shouldn't have declared yourself a sanctuary city, is what I say. And it's same with Cincinnati. I think we're a sanctuary city, and it may no. hit us eventually. I, I don't think it's hit us yet, but it may be coming. Well, we have a lot of illegals here, but we're not a sanctuary city, even though they get services from places like St. Vincent and DePaul. Cincinnati is not a designated sanctuary city this is a red state i thought cincinnati was a sanctuary city are you sure i'm pretty sure cincinnati i thought not. we were a sanctuary city i'll have to check on that check that out but this is a red state even though this is a democrat uh, this is a democrat-led city with a democratic mayor but, but a state has nothing to do with the city declaring themselves a sanctuary city i don't believe See, in order to be, if, if this was a sanctuary city, we'd be getting busloads too. Well, okay. uh, I think we are a sanctuary city, but you tell your students, <laughs> I think if you told them we were not a sanctuary city, you might have told them wrong because uh, we are. I'm looking at I'm looking at a news report now, and it says. Uh, uh, city of Cincinnati Council declares Cincinnati a sanctuary city. That's from uh, Channel 9's website. Well, if we're a sanctuary city, yes, we have not been getting people by the busloads. Not yet. At police stations and on the street. Even not though I've yet. seen some uh, Hispanic people out asking for, begging for money, <laughs> but not in the droves like they have in Chicago. Well, it hasn't happened here yet, but who knows when uh, the Texas governor uh, realizes that we're a sanctuary city, he might end up sending a busload up here. You never know. You got you got a place for him? What do you mean? You got extra room at your house? Uh, yeah, right. Thanks for your call. I got to go. Thanks for your call, Mustafa. And I, I guess he's you, you better check your facts out, Mustafa. We are a sanctuary city. I thought we were. So... Make sure you tell those students the truth. Let's take a break. We'll come back 1230. The buzz.
1230 WDBZ, the buzz of Cincinnati, your talk station. Lincoln, we're with you till 1 o'clock. And um, so even though we call ourselves a sanctuary city, but I guess we're really not. See, a sanctuary city does not cooperate with the federal government, ICE, and all those people, and Cincinnati does. So, yeah, we are sort of the opposite of a sanctuary city, said Christopher M. Pogue, a Cincinnati lawyer who represents immigrants. We do not cooperate with the federal authorities. A true sanctuary city does not. We do cooperate, is what he's saying. We do cooperate with the federal authorities. A true sanctuary city does not. So that is the difference. More recently, Cincinnati was left off a list of sanctuary cities issued recently by the conservative think tank, the Center of Immigration Studies. Franklin County, home of Columbus, is on the list, which means that if Trump does indeed start parceling out migrants to sanctuary cities, the buses can pass right through Cincinnati and keep going up Interstate 71 to Columbus. This is an old story, but uh, Cranley declared Cincinnati a sanctuary city on Monday, January 30th, 2017. So just calling yourself a sanctuary city, I guess is not enough. The government does not look at Cincinnati as a sanctuary city. So Mustafa was right, I guess, in, in a way. Even though we call ourselves one, uh, we're not looked as being one because we, you know, sort of help ice out when they go picking up people. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So there you go. Well, we call ourselves a sanctuary city. All right, let's get back to the phones. Uh, Marcus, what's going on, Marcus? How you doing? Hey, what's up, Lika? Where are you feeling, bro? I'm hanging in there. What's on your mind? Hey, uh, yeah, we are supposedly a sanctuary city, but what's truly saving us right now is that it's a Republican-ran state, so the Republican governors aren't going to send, uh, you know, the immigrants to, uh, you know, Republican-ran states because it'll mess up our economy, where the objective here is to send them to Democrat places since it's Democratic policy. Okay. Yeah, there, brother. I hear you. I hear you. You okay. might be on well, something. Mean, they they might be the on thing. something. Did you did you uh, check out the fact that they uh, threw the students out of school in New York so that the uh, see, I, I heard immigrants that. I, to take it over? That was just during the weekend, and they left before Monday. Is what I heard. So you guys try nah. to spin. You try to make it seem like they kicked. Students out of school, and the kids can't go to school. They got to do homeschooling because the immigrants are in that school. I don't think that's true. I, I think they, they were there for the it, weekend in the uh, gym, where and they, they moved them it. out. And uh, parents had to figure out what the hell to do in it's terms it. of uh, taking care of their kids and everything else. But see, I, I think you're you're like Fox News exaggerating the exact story. I'll have to get to the bottom of it, uh, Marcus. Because I don't All think right, that I mean, story I, I, I is completely do, true. Uh, 
Because, I mean, we got Bollywood running around talking about once he get reelected, he's going to hook, 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 hook up all the illegals over here. We're going to no, be swamped. Please, please, please. Hey, uh, but what do you think about Fanny, man? Uh, so basically, <laughs> she, it, everything and, and, she done done is, is, in, in, is, is down the tubes now. Not necessarily. I don't think so. Why not? I mean, there's nothing against the law that says you, you can't have an affair with uh, a prosecutor can't have an affair with a special prosecutor. <laughs> There's yes, no law is, against Lincoln, that. That's, all contra- that's that that is a serious <laughs> problem because she's paying him with government money. So she basically bribing dude to get some. You know that's that's pretty oh, bad, man. Oh, geez. See, there you go, exaggerating the situation again. I don't know. I don't. They they say he confirmed they were having an affair. I don't know. Right. This could be just hearsay. I need to talk to somebody from Atlanta that's right on top of things down there in the news. I don't know what they're saying in Atlanta about it, if it's true or not. But uh, maybe somebody in Atlanta will give us a call at 513-749-1230. Hey, brother, ain't, ain't nothing they could tell you. All it is, Fanny down there getting her Jones on and paying for it with government money, oh, and now geez. none of her cases are worth the damn thing. Oh, that's, what the like so that's what you would like to believe. That's what you would like to believe, Marcus. Where, but I, you know... Oh. What? Can you hear me, brother? I hear you. Okay, but what, all I'm saying, man, is look at the fact that they ready to throw kids out of school, Lincoln Ware. And then you had a caller uh, call in after me to, uh, about a week or so ago talking about I'm about doom and gloom if i talk about the fact that you know you got a council full of men that don't like women there's a problem with that man i mean how are they gonna come up with what do you mean a council council full of men that don't like women what are you talking about i mean they don't you know the the the, the regular rule natural rules don't work remember you know punan i used to govern everything in the end <laughs> now that you have a, a city council where Pudana doesn't matter anymore i mean that's the bible writes about that i mean uh what's wrong with having that all, what's happened wrong with having an all-female city council in st paul uh minnesota what's wrong with that I mean, that's all female. That's a different thing. A brother could walk up in there and get anything he wants. But oh, when you yeah. take away a woman's ability to yeah. get stuff done, when, you know, I mean, even in war, Lincoln, where just think about war. When all else failed, you sent in women, and women got the information, even from the Civil Wars. You know, the, the, the black women that got all the information gave it to the uh, Union to win. But now you ain't got that. You got a bunch of crazy men down there that don't like Punana. The world's going to hell, man, and y'all keep talking about uh, it's getting bad. What's worse than that? A bunch Thanks of men that don't like Punana. Thanks for your call, Marcus. I got to go. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, Unbelievable. Let's take a break. We'll come back. Uh, news coming up. And don't forget, if you're down in Atlanta, We want to hear from you at 513, that's the area code, 513-749-1230. Let's take a break. 1230, the buzz. 
Murphy's Law. Twelve thirty, WDBZ, the Buzz of Cincinnati, your talk station. Kind of like this song. Good dancing song too. You can really work it on that one. Murphy's Law. Twelve thirty, the Buzz of Cincinnati, your talk station. Lincoln, where with you till one o'clock. And uh, let's see. Let's get back to the phones. And looks like uh, Miss Nettie is up. Miss Nettie, how you doing? I didn't get to get through. Well, I got through, but then I had to go to the store yesterday. Yeah. I wanted to wish the real Terrence Howard happy birthday, along with the Reverend Charlie Winburn, my brother. So I just wanted to say that today. And also that I see here in my um, Harold, I see the treasurer, Jill Schiller, has announced an extended date for property tax. Oh, okay. Ah, okay. so that's February the 11th through the 5th. Of February. All right. All right. Now, uh, back to Miss Alicia. Thank you for working for us. And I thank you, Stephanie, for working for us. Now get together, both of you, and work for us. God bless. That's <laughs> all I had to say. And the real Terrence Howard, happy birthday again. And to Raven Mundy, the real talk show host. I love her. She's a good girl. Yeah, Terrence Howard had a big birthday yesterday. He's old enough to take Viagra now. How about that? Oh, oh Jesus. <laughs> you don't need no Viagra problem. <laughs> don't you start that Lincoln Ware. Don't make me call Sharon. Don't let me call First Lady if I will do that. <laughs> and I'm going to send a shout-out to the Deltas as well, okay? All right. All right. And I just I, I, I love what you got going on, Lincoln Ware. All right. And you have a blessed and beautiful day. And Shan Ware, the lady of Walk and Talk, I want to say hello to her. All Bye. right. Thanks for your call. Uh, it's Friday, so maybe she's up there cooking some breakfast. You know, she normally cooks me breakfast on Fridays. One day a week, <laughs> one day a week, I get a, a breakfast here. So, hey, today could be that day. Yes. All right. 749-1230-513 is the area code. Uh, let's see if couple other things. I did you hear about the woman who was shoplifting at at Walmart and she had a three year old with her. It wasn't even her kid, one of her friend's kid, and they saw her and she was running and she dropped the three year old and kept running with the goods. They finally uh caught her, got the uh found out the mother of the child, got the child back with his mother. But um, her name is Jacaria Gerton. She's 21 years old, walked out of a Walmart in Louisville, Kentucky, uh, with about 100 to $150 worth of groceries that she did not pay for, according to the arrest documents. When Walmart loss prevention tried to stop her, she fled and dropped the child on the ground before driving away. EMS was called to check on the child, and the mother of the child was contacted. <laughs> you know, jeez, you you go and leave the kid, and you drive off with the groceries. Well, I guess she said, "Not my kid." They'll find the mother. Unbelievable. And I want to say, uh, uh, I think happy birthday to Nick Clooney. Nick Clooney is celebrating his 90th birthday. You know Nick Clooney? 
the father of George Clooney, uh, TV anchor here in Cincinnati. He worked at, I think he worked at nine. He worked at uh, 12, worked at a few stations. Yeah. So, uh, Nick Clooney, 90 years old. He's been on the show before too. And he used to go over to Africa and, uh, where did he go? I forgot the, what city he went, what country he went to in Africa. But he was fighting with the citizens over there, helping them try to, you know, get their government back in in their hands. But, uh, man, yeah, Nick Clooney, 90 years old. Unbelievable. All right. TSA here in Cincinnati. I just don't know what people think when they're packing their luggage. They intercepted a record number of firearms at the CVG. In 2023, 54 firearms were found at the checkpoints at the airport. And that number has increased every year since 2019. Yeah. Putting those firearms in their carry-ons. Unloaded firearms can be placed in checked baggage, but you can't put them in carry-on. I don't know how, what, I just don't know why people don't realize that now. And then they get, they get in trouble. They, they can be fined and everything. I just don't know what people think when they're packing their carry-ons that you can just put a gun in there and carry it on the airplane. I, I'll never understand. All right, let's go to Rick Jr. Rick Jr., how are you? Rick is gone. Rick is gone? Okay, let's go to uh, Common Sense. Common Sense, what's up? Hey, good morning, brother. How are you, Devil Dog? Pretty good. What's going on? Good. I was listening to the old Jenkins, man. He's a real trip. I just, you know, I'll follow up with this Fonnie Willis so-called scandal. You know, I, I just want somebody to tell me how two grown adults having a relationship that's consensual takes Donald Trump and makes him innocent all of a sudden of all the crimes. <laughs> right. But, he, but that's he, what they'll try to spin it that way. That's what they'll try I, to do. I know. it's it's cra- And then, you know, people who can't chew and, and walk at the same time, they fall yeah. for it every time. He, but, you know, it's funny to me, people like Marcus and those people on the right, every discrepancy or, 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 or incident that Trump is involved in, they can find an excuse for it. Well, You, you know what I'm saying? And they twist it the and thing do about whatever it, though, they need to do. The, well, the man is guilty of 91 counts. Common sense. The thing about it, though, if this is true, and I hope it's not true, she should have known better. Yeah. Now, I totally agree with that. Why would she bring him in knowing that they got, you know, and you right. know they got the hound dogs on her every, every yeah, inch of every, her life. Right. They're watching her every step. Yeah. 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 So that wasn't a very smart move on her part. But unlike Republicans, we don't just pledge allegiance to the people that are doing our, our work. She's yeah. got flaws, obviously. And it's okay. You, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh, I hear you. She's got flaws. She's not perfect. But that does not take away all the crimes that Donald Trump is guilty of oh, down no. in Georgia. No, And he's guilty of them. He's definitely oh. guilty of them for yeah. sure. Yeah, people with small minds, they'll say, oh, they'll just dismiss everything because of this. 
you know, which is sad. But, but uh, yeah, we're going to have to watch this closely to see what happens. Uh, hopefully, all this stuff is not uh, uh, true, and this is just something made up by the MAGA people, but we'll have to wait and see. Oh, yeah, yeah, we will. But listen, man, uh, I, I my phone was lost, and I lost all my contacts, man. You could do me a huge favor from a business perspective. If you text me, I got the same number. Okay, all righty. I'll holler you. at you, man. Peace. Thanks for your call. All right, that's 749-1230. 513 is the area code. Uh, Lincoln, we're with you. Somebody said, uh, Lincoln, what year did Bishop say Alicia abstain from voting to make Stephanie Dumas president of the county commission? <laughs> Nate Livingston is still hung up on that. I don't know what year it was. I think it was the first year that she was there. I'm not sure. What difference does it make? She abstained and she, she didn't have any written statement about why and this and that. She just abstained and they moved on. And nobody's getting on Dumas's case for abstaining. She had that right to do. But when she started attacking after she abstained, then that's where the problem comes in. That's all everybody's anybody's saying. She has a right to abstain if she wants to, and she did that. But the commentary and the the uh, uh, written statement and all that stuff that was that was just totally uncalled for. That was totally uncalled for. And I think the last caller I had yesterday was Stephanie Dumas' sister. Everybody called me and told me that was her sister that called in, and I invited her. I was out of time, and I know she thinks that. I didn't want to talk to her, but I only had 30 seconds left when I put her on the line. I had no idea who she was until some people told me after the show. And I can say she's welcome to call back if she wants to, you know, no problem. I didn't hang up on it because she was Stephanie Dumas's sister. I hung up on her because I was out of time. And sometimes people fail to realize that, that, we do have time constraints here on 1230 The Buzz. Yes, we do. All right, 513-749-1230. That's, uh, once again, congratulations to Curtis Fuller. Got the uh, Martin Luther King Award up at the, uh, uh, I think it was the, is it the Human Relations Commission up there? Uh, Governor DeWine was on the scene and uh, uh, very, uh, uh a uh, great event they had up there in Columbus. So congratulations once again to you, Curtis Fuller. Yes. All right. A couple other things. Oh, man. The, the Biden administration, and see, it's always great when you have... These guys say one thing and forget about they said the complete opposite years before. And Biden, Joe Biden caught Donald Trump Jr. and used his own words against him. Oh, yeah, it, it was great. It was great. Uh, Donald Trump Jr. called the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol a fake insurrection and claimed that the feds were acting as tour guides inside. 
President Joe Biden's campaign was uh, ready with a fact check, posting screenshots of text messages sent by Trump Jr. to then White House Chief of Staff uh, Mark Meadows as Trump supporters invaded the Capitol and attempted to block the certification of the election. Yeah. And so they got text messages where Trump now Trump Jr. just said now, oh, this was just a. Uh, uh, this was a fake insurrection. The, the the federal government was taking them on tours in there. And here's a text message Trump sent to the uh, Mark Meadows, the press, the uh, chief of staff. He's got to condemn this S ASAP. Trump Jr. told Meadows, referring to his father. We need an Oval Office address. He has to lead now. He's gone too far and it's gotten out of hand. This is what Trump Jr. is saying. <laughs> so after he says it was just a tour, it wasn't an insurrection. A few years ago, he forgot he was sending text messages saying it was out of out of control and his father needed to make an announcement from the Oval Office. They speak with forked tongue. Speak with forked tongue. Unbelievable. Let's take a break and then we'll come back. 513 749 1230, The Lincoln Ware Show, 1230, The Buzz. 1230, WDBZ, The Buzz of Cincinnati, your talk station. Lincoln Ware with you till 1 o'clock this afternoon. In the studio with me, we've got Judge Wendy Cross, and uh, she's been on TV a lot lately. She's got some high-profile cases that she can't talk about. <laughs> she can't talk about them because they're uh, ongoing now. And uh, uh, so maybe one day she'll be able to come back and talk about them That's when they're right. over. All right. We got a lot of people on the line. Raphael Prophet, hold on. We'll get to you shortly. But a lot of people on the line want to talk to you, Judge Cross. And let's start with Lando. Lando, you have a question. Lando. Yes. Y- yes. You have a question. Yes. Okay. What is uh, it? Um, how can she praise Judge Dickelacker with what he did with Tracy Hunter? What he did what now? With Tracy Hunter. Oh, well. He dragged her through the bullet, okay. and she's going to get over here and praise him. Oh, he's got this program, what, was the hang back? What? Okay. Really? You are, you, is she serious? Okay. You, so what, you, I'm, all right. yeah. what I'm doing is talking about my visions and my goals and what I want to see happen. When I made the reference to Judge Dinkelacker, it was just in reference to the fact that we're trying to ex, uh, expand our internship program. And that's just one piece of it. That's all I was talking about. Yes. All right. Don, how are you? Hey, Lincoln, where are you today? Pretty good. What's up? Hey, great. Um, I'm going to joke about those commercials. There's only 12 commercials while I'm holding. So now it's about seven. But you're the man of power. You're making that money. Um, to your, uh, to the honorable judge, Wendy Cross, um, I'm so glad to know you and I appreciate all that you're doing, um, and that you are, um, in the position that you're in. Thank you so much. You, you're welcome. You are a woman of integrity and so much more. I just n- will never forget the first time that I met you that you were the business manager for the late, great maestro Archie Byers. Yes. And then I came in as the business manager after that. That's so right. I just, yeah, yeah. So I just wanted to say I appreciate what you're doing and keep doing what you're doing. You're doing a great job. And you um, are just across the board. Anyone that comes before you, they, they will be treated fairly and treated hum- as a human being. 
So um, that's that's good to know. One thing I want to say, too, um, the the race that's coming up in regards to prosecutor, talk about law and order and things of that nature. We just want to make sure that the law and order applies to everyone across the board evenly, that people are not being sentenced more because they're African-American compared to others. Because I know that's going to be a key point where they're going to push on the other side, law and order, law and order, law and order, but let's um, be even across the, the board and making sure that that person is guilty and not innocent. All right, Don. Thanks for your call. And, you know, one of the perceptions out there is that the prosecutors are running everything down there. They got control of the judges and the judges do what the prosecutors want done. Is that true? No. Okay. Real simple. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, you know, what about when they make these people, you know, they don't make them, they have these plea deals where these people you think is unfair with what the crime they did and these, plea- so do you ever say, no, I'm not taking it? Absolutely. I have done that. I have said, no, I'm not going to accept this plea deal because it devalues uh, the experience of the victim. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. It it is it's not right. Um, and then I've also not accepted plea deals because I didn't think it was fair to the defendant. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it goes across the board. But that is our responsibility. When we take that oath to be judicial officers, we have to protect everybody's rights, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. involved, not just, you know, the defendant of Paramount, Mm -hmm. obviously, but victims and witnesses and um, just everyone involved and and the state of Ohio. That's the other thing. You know, we have an obligation, Mm -hmm. too, to make sure that things are fair to not only defendant, but also the state of Ohio. Um, And I think that gets lost on people sometimes because there has been so much injustice against defendants. Mm -hmm. But if we're doing this right, everyone should get equal and fair justice. All right. Now, I got to ask you this question, whether you answer it or not. That's up to you. Uh, I got to ask you. Do you think Tracy Hunter was treated fairly or unfairly down at with her whole case there? Can you comment on it? I can't get any judges to comment on it or say anything about it. Can you or will you say anything about how Tracy Hunter was treated? That's because we're not permitted to comment about it. Mm-hmm. Even though it's pretty much over, she's been to jail, she's everything. So you just still can't say anything about it. And you know yeah. that I um came to juvenile court because of Judge Hunter, uh-huh. she hired me. Okay. okay. So, yeah, that's that's what I can yeah. say. Okay. And 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 I'm grateful that, that she, she did. Yeah. Because I thought I was coming over there just for maybe a year, but mm-hmm. I fell in love with the kids, mm-hmm. and I was there eight years. Okay. So okay. I'm grateful okay. that she brought me there. Okay. And you know what? I'm a woman of faith, yeah. and so I believe that God makes no mistakes. Mm-hmm. And I was led to do that. I was led to close my practice down and accept the offer from Judge Hunter, come to juvenile mm-hmm. court. And I think we did some really good yeah. work okay. while I was there. I think you may have heard a, a commercial about the YAP program yes, that, I, just, that yeah. I was involved in uh, starting. I was the first director of it. Uh, really good work. But that's because I am really trying to um, – elevate uh, access to the justice system um, for everybody. So when I was in juvenile court for the children and in common police court, it's um, I'd started the reentry program. The very first reentry docket in Hamilton County was started by me in 2022. Okay. So, um, you know, we're trying to do some good work. We're trying to make our, you know, lasting positive impact in the system, you know, but I'm only one person. 
I'm only one person. And, um, but I think more of us are really seeing the issues and we're really trying to do the work. All right. Well, I know you got a, uh, 1145, uh, appointment to get to, yes. but I want to thank you for stopping by and thank we have you. to do this again. Yeah. Can absolutely. You come I, back? Would, I would love to. Okay. I mean, you're Lincoln Ware. Of course I say yes. <laughs> but thank you right. so very much for having and me. And thank you. And I still say you could be a TV judge. You got the look to <laughs> be a TV you. judge. Thank all you. Right. And thank you to the public as well. I really appreciate all the support the public has given me. All right. Thank you for stopping by. Let's take a break. We'll come back 1230. The buzz. Twelve thirty, WDBZ, the Buzz of Cincinnati, Lincoln, where with you, and it's Friday. Of course, we do our toast at one o'clock after the show. Uh, let's see who do we have. Uh, let's go to Judge Tyrone Yates. How you doing today, Judge? How are you, uh, man of power, and to all of our listeners in Greater Cincinnati and across the nation. And around the world today. Good to hear you. Happy well, what did I do to deserve a call from Tyrone Yates? The last I heard of you, you over in uh, Israel or the Palestine. You were somewhere over there in the Mideast. Well, listen, thank you. I was in the first group of Americans to enter Israel since uh, the war began on October the 7th. And I wanted to uh, give you and uh, uh, our listening community any uh, updates or any perspectives um, uh, in terms of uh, facts that uh, that I saw uh, on the ground, and the buzz has been very uh, kind to me over the years, and uh, did this kind of thing when I traveled to South Africa and both the Ukraine. So, any questions that you might have concerning um, um, that experience, I'm I'm open to uh, to answering. Well, let me uh, one thing. Okay. Who I don't know. I don't know which side to take in this thing. I mean, the Palestinians attacked, but they have been attacked. I mean, I don't know. Is it as bad as people say? Uh, what What did you see? Well, um, I was taken to the envelope of Gaza, and I had to sign a waiver from the Israeli Defense Force to go in there. And believe it or not, when I was in there with a vest and, and helmet, um, there were artillery firing uh, behind me over into Gaza and an Israeli gunship in the sky. So what I would say is what we were shown is where Hamas came through the fence in one of the uh, kibbutzes and, um, and, and, and burned and, and, and murdered uh, people who lived in uh, a particular kibbutz that had been established since uh, 1951. Uh, let me say that um, the Israeli people uh, feel very, very traumatized uh, over uh, the attack by uh, Hamas, and I was able to visit the Sheba Medical Center, under whose auspices I uh, traveled, uh, which is the uh, military hospital where the hostages uh, were first triaged and then many of them uh, treated. And so I had an opportunity to meet with uh, wounded soldiers, uh, to be a part of a, an experience with the president of Israel, 
lighting the uh, menorah on uh, the first day of uh, Hanukkah and, uh, and, and just kind of observing. Uh, uh, most of Israel itself uh, is uh, untouched by um, uh, the war because uh, most of the rockets uh, have flown into the north towards uh, Tel Aviv, but um, the Iron Dome uh, anti-missile uh, anti-missile missiles is what you might call them, uh, are very highly effective, almost to 100%. So it sounds like, okay, how did you end up over there? Did the Jewish community select you to go over there on their behalf? How did you end up over there anyway? Well, thank you so much. My first trip to Israel was in 2008 under the auspices of uh, APAC. Uh, and so I was a part of a group of about 25 African-American uh, leaders in the um, Midwest who traveled. Now, this was a trip that was sponsored by the American Friends of Sheba Hospital to show um, actually other Jewish Americans uh, what was going on over there for them to get a view. And there were 50 of us, uh, but... Um, True to form, uh, I paid my own way, so all of us had to pay. So we went under the auspices of um, uh, the American Friends of Sheba Hospital, but each of us paid our own transportation uh, and uh, fees for uh, the experience of being there. Were you the only black in the group? There were two African Americans in the 50. The other African-American, whose name was Jerry Calhoun, is, was the former, um, the former labor negotiator for the Boeing company who was married to a Jewish-American. Uh, he also had been assistant secretary of the Air Force and assistant secretary of defense and chairman of a, um, uh, uh, the federal... Uh, labor personnel board before he retired under uh, President Reagan. And we were the only two. Okay. Okay. And so uh, you, I guess they, it was probably uh, a slanted sort of tour that you took or something that they, I guess they took you over there to make you seem how bad the Palestinians were treating them or something. I'm not sure. I don't know. Uh, what well, was think, the reason I, for I think them you sending say you there? That it certainly was a uh, pro-Israeli. Israel. This was yeah. a very sophisticated yeah. troop. Yeah. Uh, trip. I like to tell people that it was forty-nine millionaires and me. <laughs> okay. Uh, so uh, there were a lot of people who were quite well to do. Yeah. Obviously, people around the world are interested, but of course, um, you know, I'm a part of the. Um, the Episcopal Church, and we actually have a hospital in Gaza. So, um, uh, and then, of course, with what I would call my uh, international experience and study, um, uh, I, I take a balanced view. My my eyes were were uh, were were wide open. Although I I will confess that I certainly support um, the Israelis' right to uh, defend themselves, not only against. Um, not only against uh, Hamas, but also uh, Hezbollah and uh, uh, the Islamic Jihad uh, out of uh, Africa, and then there are 
regional enemy, uh, Iran. Uh, but by way of perspective, uh, the Israelis feel that Hamas is not their greatest enemy. They believe their greatest enemy is Hezbollah in Lebanon uh-huh. and um, uh, uh, the jihad group in um, in uh, Iraq and Iran. So this is one of the reasons that their uh, military has uh, pushed so forcefully not only to uh, crush Hamas, but to send these other regional, quote, for them, enemies, a message. And I'm not, this is not a political perspective. This is, I'm giving you the perspective of what they uh, demonstrated. So I'm not taking a view here. But I think you're, uh, I think, but you're not taking a view, but uh, the, you know, you were there with the Jewish community, uh, so to speak. Well, so, I, and naturally, I you're not going to... I would have gone to uh, to the West Bank yeah. or Gaza if I could have. Did you ever have um, to go into any bomb shelters? Yes, once. Uh, there were two uh, missile warnings when I was there, and uh, we were traveling in small minivans instead of a large bus, and I said, well, why are we traveling in these minivans? We can drive in a big, comfortable bus. They say because the target's smaller. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, we Jeez. had one of those, and while I was at the Sheba Hospital, we did have a, uh, a missile uh, come in, but it was uh, struck down. You hear a large boom from the uh, Israeli uh, Defense Force Iron Dome. Yeah. Well, it sounds like uh, it was a exciting trip, and you learned a lot. Uh, but we appreciate you calling. I got a break for news. Uh, Tyrone Yates, but it's always great talking to you. And, um, maybe we'll hear more about your experience over there in the, uh, in, in Israel and at the Gaza Strip and everything like that. We'll do it again. Okay. All right. Good talking to Thank you. Thank you. All Bye-bye. right. That's Judge Bye-bye. Tyrone Yates from the, uh, Hamilton County. I think he's common pleas, isn't he? I think he is, but he's Judge Tyrone Yates. Yes. Former city council member. And he's been around a long time. A long time. All right. 749. I think he's got the biggest neck I've ever seen. <laughs> Have you ever seen his neck? He's got, he's got the biggest neck I've ever seen in my life. Tyrone Yates. <laughs> All right. 749-1230-513 is the area code. Lincoln, we're with you. Let's break for news, and then we'll come back on the other side. 1230, the buzz. 1230, WDBZ, the buzz of Cincinnati. Lincoln, we're with you. And it's Friday. Of course, we do our toast at 1 o'clock after the show. Uh, let's see. Who do we have? Uh, let's go to Judge Tyrone Yates. How you doing today, Judge? How are you, uh, man of power? And to all of our listeners in greater Cincinnati and across the nation and around the world today, good to hear you. Happy well, what did I do to deserve a call from Tyrone Yates? The last I heard of you, you over in uh, Israel or the Palestine. You were somewhere over there in the Mideast. Well, listen, thank you. I was in the first group of Americans 
to enter Israel since uh, the war began on October the 7th. And I wanted to uh, give you and uh, uh, our listening community any uh, updates or any perspectives um, uh, in terms of uh, facts that, uh, that I saw uh, on the ground. And the buzz has been very uh, kind to me over the years and uh, did this kind of thing when I traveled to South Africa and both the Ukraine. So any questions that you might have concerning um, um, that experience, I'm, I'm open to, uh, to answering. Well, let me, uh, one thing, okay, who, I don't know, I don't know which side to take in this thing. I mean, the Palestinians attacked, but they have been attacked. I mean, I don't know. Is it as bad as people say? Uh, what, what did you see? Well, um, I was taken to the envelope of Gaza, and I had to sign a waiver from the Israeli Defense Force to go in there. And believe it or not, when I was in there with a vest and, and helmet, um, there were artillery firing uh, behind me over into Gaza and an Israeli gunship in the sky. So what I would say is what we were shown is where Hamas came through the fence in one of the uh, kibbutzes and, um, and, and, and burned and, and, and murdered uh, people who lived in uh, a particular kibbutz that had been established since uh, 1951. Uh, let me say that um, the Israeli people uh, feel very, very traumatized uh, over uh, the attack by uh, Hamas, and I was able to visit the Sheba Medical Center under whose auspices I uh, traveled, uh, which is the uh, military hospital where the hostages uh, were first triaged and then many of them uh, treated. And so I had an opportunity to meet with uh, wounded soldiers, uh, to be a part of a, an experience with the president of Israel, lighting the uh, menorah on uh, the first day of uh, Hanukkah, and, uh, and, and just kind of observing. Uh, uh, most of Israel itself uh, is uh, untouched by um, uh, the war because uh, most of the rockets uh, have flown into the north towards uh, Tel Aviv, but um, the Iron Dome uh, anti-missile uh, anti-missile missiles is what you might call them, uh, are very highly effective, almost to 100%. So it sounds like, okay, how did you end up over there? Did the Jewish community select you to go over there on their behalf? How did you end up over there anyway? Well, thank you so much. My first trip to Israel was in 2008 under the auspices of uh, APAC. Uh, and so I was a part of a group of about 25 African-American uh, leaders in the um, Midwest who traveled. Now, this was a trip that was sponsored by the American Friends of Sheba Hospital to show um, actually other Jewish Americans uh, what was going on over there for them to get a view. And there were 50 of us, uh, but... Um, true to form, uh, I paid my own way. So all of us had to pay. 
So we went under the auspices of, um, of the American Friends of Sheba Hospital, but each of us paid our own transportation uh, and uh, fees for uh, the experience of being there. Were you the only black in the group? There were two African-Americans in the 50. The other African-American, whose name was Jerry Calhoun, is, was the former, um, the former labor negotiator for the Boeing Company who was married to a Jewish-American. Uh, he also had been assistant secretary of the Air Force and assistant secretary of defense and chairman of a um, uh, uh, the Federal uh, Labor Personnel Board before he retired under uh, President Reagan. And we were the only two. Okay, okay. And so uh, you, I guess they it was probably a, a slanted sort of tour that you took or something. That they, I guess they took you over there to make you seem how bad the Palestinians were treating them or something? I'm not sure. I don't know. Uh, what well, was think, the reason I, for I them you sending you there? That it certainly was a uh, pro-Israeli. Israel. This was yeah. a very sophisticated yeah. troop. Yeah. I, uh, Trump, I like to tell people that it was 49 millionaires and me. <laughs> okay. uh, so uh, there were a lot of people who were quite well to do. Yeah. Obviously, people around the world are interested. But, of course... Um, you know, I'm a part of the um, the Episcopal Church, and we actually have a hospital in Gaza. So, um, uh, and then, of course, with what I would call my uh, international experience and study, um, uh, I, I take a balanced view. My my eyes were were uh, were were wide open, although I I will confess that I certainly support. Um, the Israelis' right to uh, defend themselves not only against um, not only against uh, Hamas but also uh, Hezbollah and uh, uh, the Islamic Jihad uh, out of uh, Africa and then their regional enemy uh, Iran. Uh, but by way of perspective, uh, the Israelis feel that Hamas is not their greatest enemy. They believe their greatest enemy is Hezbollah in Lebanon oh. and um, uh, uh, the jihad group in, um, in uh, Iraq and Iran. So this is one of the reasons that their uh, military has uh, pushed so forcefully not only to uh, crush Hamas, but to send these other regional, quote, for them, enemies, a message. And I'm not, this is not a political perspective. This is, I'm giving you the perspective of what they uh, demonstrated. So I'm not taking a view here. But I think you're, uh, I think, but you're not taking a view, but uh, the, you know, you were there with the Jewish community, uh, so to speak. Well, so I, and naturally, I you're not going to. I would have gone to, uh, to the West Bank yeah. or Gaza if I could have. Did you ever have um, to go into any bomb shelters? Yes, once. Uh, there were two uh, missile warnings when I was there, and uh, we were traveling in small minivans instead of a large bus. And I said, well, why are we traveling in these minivans? We can drive in a big, comfortable bus. They say because the target's smaller. 
Yeah. So yeah. Uh, we Jeez. had one of those, and while I was at the Sheba Hospital, we did have a, uh, a missile uh, come in, but it was uh, struck down. You hear a large boom from the uh, Israeli uh, Defense Force Iron Dome. Yeah. Well, it sounds like uh, it was a exciting trip, and you learned a lot. Uh, but we appreciate you calling. I got a break for news, uh, Tyrone Yates. But it's always great talking to you, and um, maybe we'll hear more about your experience over there in the uh, in, in Israel and at the Gaza Strip and everything like that. We'll do it again. Okay. All right. Good talking to Thank you. Thank you. All Bye-bye. right. That's Judge Bye-bye. Tyrone Yates. From the uh, Hamilton County. I think he's a common please, isn't he? I think he is. But he's Judge Tyrone Yates. Yes. Former city council member. And he's been around a long time. A long time. All right. 749. He's got the biggest neck I've ever seen. <laughs> Have you ever seen his neck? He's got he's got the biggest neck I've ever seen in my life, Tyrone Yates. <laughs> All right, seven four nine twelve thirty five one three is the area code. Lincoln, we're with you. Let's break for news, and then we'll come back on the other side. Twelve thirty, the bus.